Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. We're off and running on a Monday, and boy, the TVs are lit up in the studios. We got a handful of hockey playoff games on one of them involving the Tampa Bay Lightning, who may or may not have allowed another goal uh, to be scored. The Philadelphia 76ers without Joel Embiid. Guess what? They didn't cover. Uh, as the Miami Heat will take care of that and take a 1-0 series lead, 106-92. to Dallas and Phoenix still to come. We've got draft grades aplenty. We've got Sean King salivating, not at the Stanley Cup playoffs, not at the NBA playoffs, not at offensive or defensive rookie of the year, but of course it's Derby Week. Yes, it is. And my guy Sean King is going to be dropping the knowledge all week on us, and I'm going to be sitting back and taking notes just like he takes notes on, uh, I'll be doing it on the Derby. Just let me explain something. Because there's not a clear-cut favorite, we can figure out who's going to win, who's going to run second, and potentially third and fourth. I mean, we might be able to retire. <laughs> we might be able to just, you know, call our guys and say, we're going to take the rest of the year off. Like, it's going to pay this big. How you feeling? You were doing your homework pre-show. Uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I still got some workout reports. I want to see how the horses are doing, how they look in the flesh. I got some guys there in uh, Louisville. You know, that, uh, on the ground? Yeah, on the ground. Because, you know, a lot of it has to do with how did uh, they're three-year-olds, so they're still developing. They're still growing. So how did they come out of their last race? Are they looking like they're sitting on a peak race? Or, you know, maybe some of the horses peaked early in some of the preps, you know, just trying to accumulate enough points to even be in the starting gate on Derby Saturday. So the post draw came out. So we, we now know where they're breaking from. I'm trying to figure the pace out. A couple horses have some options. I'm trying to decide, you know, what gives them the best chance to win if they send them, you know, and then if they get, they have to really exert a lot of energy, you know, early in the race, you know, what does that do late? First time for a lot of these horses, they've ever gone a mile and a quarter. So uh, you always have that question in the back of your head. How are they bred? Does the pedigree suggest that they can get the distance? And then you have a horse like, He's a bomb who you know can get the distance, but he's really a dirt horse. He's kind of done his best best uh, racing on a different surface. So a lot of things that I'm calculating right now, but I have some good stuff for you. All right, I can't wait. We will talk to Jeremy Plunk. Not that you knew with any of that. Nope, but it's okay. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I like to sit back. I like to learn. I like to be educated by smart people. What do I always say about golf? I always like to listen to smart people. That's right. Well, horse racing, I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. Talk about this is what got you into it. Yeah, absolutely. I so, love it. So we and, of course, the guy that got me into it, for those who don't know the story, I was watching Winning Colors, and she's trained by Dwayne Lucas, 
And of course, Lucas has a horse in the race. He got a, he, he drew a terrible gate. He was in the 20 hole, Ooh. and he's a long shot, ethereal road. 85 to yeah, one. He, he'd probably be uh, 99. I don't think they can go more than 99, but he'll most likely be <laughs> 99 to one on Derby Saturday. So I do, just for nostalgia reasons, if Lucas has a horse in the race, I always bet something on it to win. Now, it'll be more than 10 if he wins. I mean, I'll be cabbage patching. I'll be peacock, and you're going to swear that I had him the whole time. But hey, <laughs> it's like a saver bet. When it comes to, when it comes to horses, you, you could tell me anything. I'd be like, oh, huh? yeah, oh, okay. Uh, but we will, uh, throughout the week, uh, be breaking down the derby. We'll have different, uh, different thoughts throughout the week, different guests, and our first guest coming up uh, in just about 10 minutes, uh, Jeremy Swanson, first oh, bet, express bet. Uh, he and Sean will uh, be breaking it down for you. Did you know that I actually hosted a Kentucky Derby preview once before? I actually have picked out my outfit already. Have you? Yes. You big hat guy? Uh, no, nah, I don't really do the hat just because of my head size. It's hard to find, like. Oh, and that luscious locks that you have now. Yeah, it's hard to find nice hats for my head size. It's just really <laughs> difficult. So. All right. Rather uh, than squeeze one. Well, I just, yeah. I, I'm looking forward. You kind of already, you know, with the vibrant oh, threads yeah. oh, today. Yeah. Is it like, all week. Is it like Derby week? All week, yeah. yeah. Derby week. Have yeah. you been to the Derby? Six times. Six times. Yeah. Great when experience. Was, when was the last time? Um, Nyquist one. I think that was six years ago. Never been to – I've been to a horse race. Great times. Yeah. yeah. There, there was a, Even if you know anything about it. A lot of my friends would go to the Preakness Pimlico, and, and more so for the debauchery in the infield, and I was like, I'm good. Watch it on television. I would love to go to the Kentucky Derby. So when you, you know, hit your trifecta and you could get us some private aviation for hey, next year's Derby, I mean. That would be huge. If I can figure it out, it's going to pay no matter what sequence it runs, it's going to pay. I mean, it's just going to be you one of those You just tell days. me what to do. Okay. And I will walk up. I will trust Disclaimer. You. This is the only time that these horses probably will ever run in a 20-horse field. Some things that are just out of your control. Like there's been years when, at the start, you know, a horse took out half the field. You know, by going right early. So there's some uncontrollables in this. But I'm gonna have, I'm going to have the nightcap on the right ponies. Now we have to have racing luck, but we're gonna be on the right ponies. And I, unlike some things where I'll push back on a lot, like the draft. College football, college. I'm no pushing back here. You tell me, and I will. Uh, I will follow. We'll, we'll we'll have great guests on. We'll have Sean on breaking all down. By the way, just underway Western Conference semifinals game number one between the Mavericks and the Suns. Just tipping off as the Suns went off as six point favorites. Did Phoenix change their court? That doesn't look like they've had the Valley down there for a while. A little vibrant. Sidelines. Yeah, it doesn't really look like Phoenix's colors. It is what it is. Uh, Luke, I took Dallas in the series, so it'd be really right. cool if they can get off to a good start. Why did you take Dallas? I just think their perimeter defense is going to give Phoenix you some problems. Let, you should have let me know. I, I would have happily taken a cigar I'm bet doing on that one. Very good in basketball. I have the Bucks in the series. You do? Yeah. And against me. That was a. That was I have a, the Sixers. Mm. A lot of that is. I don't care what happens in Miami. By the way, a lot of that has to do with. Embiid's back for game three, I still feel good. So, I told you on Friday night. See, sometimes it helps to listen. Okay. So, what I said, don't bet the series now. They're going to lose game one. Right. And then you'll get a better price. Right. I wasn't saying 
don't bet the Sixers. I said, right, wait. Right. And I said, be patient. And what did I say? And you said you're not patient. No, I said, what? I said I'm going to do what? I bet right. Well, I had to protect myself in case James Harden went for 50 tonight. And yeah, they and, won. I, and I told you that's not going to happen. I don't care about it. I don't even care about the Sixers who's tonight. I'm, I, it's a clown show happening By the right way, now James Harden, Tampa. a, a uh, whopping 16 yeah. points. It's a clown show happening in Tampa. Like, I don't know what the deal is with my lightning. But we look like the bad news bears from start to finish. We had actually, I think, three power plays. And I don't know if we got a shot on goal. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, for those just wondering uh, what's going on, we game one of the first round series Maple Leafs and five nothing. There are no five point goals. That's that's what I've been told there, Puck Zero. So far tonight, Carolina. Ooh, Carolina laid it on Boston. Beat them five to one. Went off. Uh depending on where you looked, minus a dollar fifteen. So a short home favorite for the Hurricanes. They went five to one. Toronto, similar. Uh interestingly enough. Well, Carolina, Toronto, very short home favorites tonight. Toronto leading five to nothing. Or yeah, Toronto leading five to nothing. And then uh, St. Louis at Minnesota just underway. Uh, St. Louis on a nice run there. Any thoughts on L.A. Edmonton about to drop the puck? Uh, Edmonton's probably a little too good. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get any value. They're minus, minus 190. Yeah, minus tonight. 193. Mm-hmm. They have two of the best players in the NHL. Kings kind of scraped them for the playoffs. This should be a sweep. I will say this. I will have heavy, heavy bets on Boston and Tampa. Okay. Yeah. Bounce back spots on the road. Try to even up that series. Phoenix up 6 nothing here, so... Dallas, maybe first media timeout. Uh, get the time watch a little while. Eight or nine? Yeah, I'll watch a little while. You've been hating on Phoenix all year. No, I haven't. Yes, you have. Thank you. Crowder making threes. That's the worst. That's it's like Marcus Smart. Man, how about the Bucks yesterday? Like. All the threes that you want, you can have them. Please go ahead and fire away. You know, it was uh, going back to yesterday afternoon. Uh, hell of a performance by the Bucks. Triple double from Giannis. Mm-hmm. And heard, uh, I think it was, I forget who it was talking about it, but it was they weren't knocking Marcus Smart and the voting for him to win Defensive Player of the Year. But what their point was, and I thought it was a good one. Guards really can't affect the game and alter as much as a dominant big. Like Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. All yesterday, I mean, with, with Lopez and Giannis down low, it's going to be a, a tough sledding for the Celtics. Now, if they get hot from outside, it's very possible. I mean, Sean, they shot some good shots. Yeah, I just think length matters. And uh, Milwaukee's a long team, even without Chris Middleton. When he gets back, they're even longer, and it gave Boston some problems. I also think Boston was up against a wounded dog. I don't feel like the Nets were 100% fair. locked in. I don't think the care fact quotient was high enough, and Boston cared a whole lot. So Milwaukee cares. They're trying to repeat as NBA champions. So we'll find a lot about Boston this series. Well, I think they – I think that's – Crazy as it sounds, I feel like they're getting overlooked. I mean, I think – I think both Phoenix and Milwaukee, both teams that went to the NBA Finals last year, got overlooked this year. Phoenix had the best regular season by anyone by a long stretch, and they've kind of been, yeah, whatever. And Milwaukee, it's all been, oh, it's been Brooklyn and all this and that. So we will see. Good start for the Bucks. More on the NBA a little bit later on in the show. But up next, down this man's wheelhouse, the Derby coming up on Saturday Break it down next. The Kentucky Derby is Saturday, and right now, VEASAN is offering you a special $9.99 Kentucky Derby betting guide with previews of all the horses and jockeys for every race, plus best bets for the entire weekend, including the roses. Pre-order your copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash Derby Guide. That's VEASAN.com. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray, and we welcome in our next guest from First Bet, Express Bet. He's the editor there. It is Jeremy Plunk, and he joins us right now. The postings, Sean, uh, give, uh, put out today. We've got odds, and uh, you are a kid in the candy store, so I toss it to you. Well, Jeremy, welcome to the nightcap. It's a pleasure having you on. I guess we can get started. I'm sure you have some strong opinions coming out of the last prep race. Did the post-position draw change any of those opinions today? And if so, which ones were they? Well, it did, unfortunately. I was very high and bullish on Mo Donegal's win in the Wood Memorial. He came home the last three-eighths of a mile in that race as fast as any derby I've scouted. And I've been writing a scouting report for 17 years and covering every derby since 1993. I hadn't seen a horse come home that fast the final three furlongs. Then he drew the rail, and that is just such a very difficult post position to be in. There are 20 horses, and everybody wants to get to the inside. So the whole field comes crashing down on you when you're in the one post, and it could be a, a bumper car run for the first quarter of a mile through the race. It's enough to say I like the horse, but I can't bet him now. And so like many handicappers, I've got the past performances out, and it's time to get to work because what I thought I knew coming out of the spring – kind of got blown up by the pill pool and the uh, random post draw today. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people are pointing to looking at Lee, who actually was able to get up for second 
a few years back right. from that post. Does Mo Donical being a closer that kind of helps him slightly, I guess, since he will be on the inside? Yeah, but you you know, looking at Lucky is a horse who was a big favorite back in uh, 2010, and he had one of the worst trips you've ever seen. Go to YouTube and look up the 2010 Kentucky Derby and watch the one horse uh, looking at Lucky. He would go on to win the Preakness a couple weeks later, but he barely survived the first quarter of a mile. You can get a lucky trip from down there, and it worked out for looking at Lee when he ran second a few years back, but it's not easy. And so if you're going to take a short price to do it, I say you can't. So the price, if you thought Mo Donegal was like an 8-to-1 proposition to win the Kentucky Derby, after this post draw, you need at least 15 or 20-to-1. And I mean that. That is how much more difficult it is. If you still have the faith and you feel like it's your lucky day and you can work out the trip, he's got Irad Ortiz Jr. aboard. He's the best rider in America. He's a champion rider here many times over. He's a very aggressive rider, too. So it's going to be interesting when he's in all that, you know, elbows and subway, uh, you know, shoving in there. How uh, Irad Ortiz is going to handle it, and how will the horse Modonigal handle it? Again, it's it, like everything else. Everybody's got a price, right? And for him, the price just went way up as far as, far as fair odds go. You know, Jeremy, for me, it's almost like deja vu because Modonigal's course trade by Todd Pletcher. This happened to us last year with Known Agenda, a horse yes, I was high on coming into the worst <laughs> uh, the race who drew the one selection. So before we get to the post time with the morning line favorite, Zandon, the horse that I thought was going to be the morning line favorite is Epicenter. He's looked spectacular in his last two races. He did draw on the inside, but he is a horse that has a lot more early natural speed than Modonico. Is the three post a good thing for Epicenter, or does it compromise him? It's not bad on its face, but the problem with his post is the horse right next to him in the four hole, Summer is Tomorrow, is dead set on going to the front. This is a horse from Dubai. It was a sprinter who stretched out in the UAE Derby and ran second. His connections are coming over to America for the first time to try the Kentucky Derby, and they say they're going to the front. So when you've got a horse right next to you, just think about your training, anything you're doing athletically. You know, if somebody's on the other side of the field, you don't get hooked up with them, right? But if they're right next to you, all of a sudden, the competitive juices kick in there. And so Epicenter might get pulled along a little bit faster than he wants to go because of the horse next to him. And that's the concern with the three post. The three on its face isn't a big deal. But that other speed horse right next to him, that could ratchet up the pace. And from the 17 hole drawing really wide in here, I think the fastest of all these horses early is a, name, a horse named Classic Causeway. Uh -huh. He's like a quarter horse out of the gate. He'll run the first 400 yards of this race faster than just about anybody. He has no chance of winning the race, but he's going to go fast early. And from the 17, he's going to kind of make that beeline from the outside to try to get to the rail. Everybody wants to get to the rail by the clubhouse turn. Many of them can't get there, but everyone wants to get there. And so he's going to have kind of like a little domino effect as he's crossing over and clearing in front of everybody. I think the 17 and the four are the two horses that are going to lead the race going into the clubhouse turn. And so everybody else is going to try to find in behind them. And neither one of those horses, I think, has any shot whatsoever of lasting to be part of the conversation. But I think those two are going to go to the front. And they're going to set the tone for everybody else. Well, you, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy, I don't like to tell you know, people what to do, yeah. but I have no idea why the Classic Causeway is even in the race. They had decided after the Florida <laughs> Derby not to target the Derby, but then they had a change, of course. So talk to me about the Florida horses because Classic Causeway's last race was the Florida Derby. I'm a big fan of White Barrio. Uh, I think mm -hmm. Charge It is a horse, maybe lacks a little experience, but I think the Florida Derby was very educational for him. Simplification's yeah. a horse a lot of people liked early. 
he seems to be around the finish line, but doesn't really get there first as much as we probably right. think he should. Talk to me about the Florida horses. They're not as strong as they have been traditionally, like historically, right? The Florida Derby's produced 24 Kentucky Derby winners, most of any prep race in the country. And many years, it'll send one of the top two, three favorites to the race. This year, the horses you're talking about, White Abario, Charge It, they're probably going to be like fifth, sixth, seventh choices in the race. Nothing against them. I just think it's a little bit of a down year for depth in Florida. But White Abario, I'm warming up to. And Charge It, I've always thought, is a long shot possibility here. He's only run three times in his career, and he was very green, as you mentioned. Green meaning kind of inexperienced and gawky. He was kind of leaning in, leaning out. The jockey hit him right hand near the end of the race, and he just took a big dive to the left to the inside. I, I think, you know, the jock Luis Saez, one of the best in America, will learn from that. And I think Charge is a really interesting long shot for Todd Pletcher in here. I think he's going to be 15 to 1 or so and 1 to watch. And White Abario is one who, like, right after the Florida Derby, Sean, I wasn't wild about him. I thought, ah, okay, this was just okay. But I read a series called Countdown to the Crown at my website, horseplayernow.com. And each year at this time of year, I take a look at all the historical trends and all the horses who have run in the past that look exactly like lookalikes to this year's horses. There's only one horse whose resume looks exactly like a previous Derby winner, and it's White Abario. His resume looks exactly like what we saw in 2012 when I'll have another one, the Kentucky Derby, at a big price, paid somewhere around 30 bucks, uh, 35 bucks. He was an 18, 19 to 1 type long shot. But his resume looks almost exactly the same, the way he was brought up to the race and, and where he finished in his preps and how they brought him in. I, I like the profile for White Abario. I'm warming up to him a little bit more as we get closer to the race. Right now, if the race was today, he'd be my, my top selection. Uh, having said that, the West Coast has made a lot of noise. We only got about three minutes left. Messier reminds me a lot of Medina's spirit. Is there a chance he gets on the league and doesn't stop and – a horse in his third start, I don't know if they've ever, I think maybe once they won the Kentucky Derby, but Tabor, outside of the lack of racing experience, looks like the real deal. What about the two West Coast threats? Well, I like Messier better than I like Taba in this sense. Uh, Taba beat him in the Santa Anita Derby, but this is a much tougher, more demanding race. Taba didn't come out of the Santa Anita Derby as well and as quickly to get back to work. It took him almost two weeks to get back to have a published workout after the Santa Anita Derby. So he only got one work in between races. The lightly raced Taba, no horses won the Derby with just three career starts. Uh, going back, or two career starts being their third start, going back into the late 1800s. So it's a long time since this has happened. I think Messier's the stronger of the two horses from California. I don't think he's going to get to the lead right away, but I could see Messier taking the lead into the far turn. Like I said, I think those two long shots are going to go bulleting out of there, but I think Messier could assume the lead going into the far turn, and I think he's one of the ones you have to consider in here. Absolutely. So uh, two things before we let you get out of here. Talk to me about Zandon. I love the horse. The only thing I don't love, first of all, closers very rarely win the Derby. And his trainer, as successful as he has been, I don't think he has won a Kentucky Derby as of yet. And finally, right now, who are your selections? Well, you're talking about Zandon. That's Chad Brown. He's one of the champion trainers in America with turf horses. Horses on the dirt have not been his forte, but he did finish second with good magic in the Derby. So he's knocked on the door here. He hasn't had a ton of Derby starters over the year. Zandon will be formidable. He's not going to need to get a trip where he gets through the traffic, but I think he absolutely can be a horse uh, who factors in here big time. So I think Zandon's one uh, that you definitely want to consider. Uh, if I had to make a pick right now, 
I lost Mo Donegal, man, so I'm struggling. I'm like trying to find Zandon makes the most sense. It it kind of rips at my heart a little bit to take a horse who might be three or four to one in the Kentucky Derby. So I'll probably still keep fishing around for a price. But the most likely winner, despite the come from behind style, to me looks like Zandon. I think this is a pretty good year uh, for you know a horse from off the pace in the Derby because I think it's going to be a fast pace. Even though traditionally in recent years the last three horses to go under the wire in the Derby. We're all horses who led all the way. A couple of them were disqualified, we know, in history. Uh, but front runners have had a lot of success in the Derby, so uh, that's important. And, Sean, we want to make sure everybody gets a bet in with us at Express Bet and First Bet. If you bet 25 bucks on the Derby, we'll give you 25 to bet the Preakness and the Belmont. Use promo code VEGAS22. Good stuff, Thank Jeremy. You, Jeremy. Appreciate it. There he is, Jeremy Plunk from First Bet, Express Bet tonight. Ready for a fresh start, and we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zin 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zin Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zin Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zin 10 Challenge today at Zin.com slash 10. That's Z-Y-N.com slash 10. Zin Nicotine Pouches are for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Chemical. Alongside horsing, horse racing aficionado, Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Sean is uh, fired up. It is Derby Week. Just had Jeremy Plonk on. Great stuff uh, from him. Sean will continue uh, yeah. to give his thoughts. Early lean. White Abario, 13 yes. to 1. Yeah, he'll get overlooked on Derby Day. All right. Well, speaking of overlooked, uh, pretty much every quarterback outside of Kenny Pickett was overlooked uh, this weekend. And uh, to talk about the NFL draft, we talked with him. We thought, you know, Eric, we wouldn't let you off the hook. We kind of said our goodbyes. You know, we, we gave our hugs, our kisses. We're like, we'll talk to you in the football season. And we're just kidding. We're bringing you back one last time uh, before you can really dive into the WNBA because we know uh, get enough of that. Um, Starts Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I heard I heard uh, Eric and uh, George, they were doing their podcast. I was listening to it today. Uh, and, he, and he's like, you know what starts Friday, George? The WNBA. So before we bring Eric, now that Eric's on, I mean, how can they start the season and Brittany Griner's still in Russia locked up? <laughs> I, they got to stand for something, right? I mean, has she been- I agree. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, the... The, the geopolitical situation there is something that I'm obviously not an expert in. I know Griner is a wonderful player, uh, you know, led that Mercury team to the finals last year. Um, and it's really, it's sort of strange how sort of like they're not really doing anything about it. And I think that obviously they believe that if they do, the worst will happen to her. So, you know, it's, it's a very weird it's a situation we haven't dealt with in professional sports in a long time. Quite the transition from that to, uh, to the rookie of the year odds, but hey, we'll, we'll you know, we do, we'll do anything. That. We do anything here on the well, nightcap. You brought up WNBA. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't see that on the rundown. <laughs> I was just making casual banter with our friend Eric, but uh, hey, if we want to get into some deep stuff, no, we'll, no. we'll do that in the fourth hour of the no. nightcap. Uh, Eric, just kind of broadly, big picture. Uh, Come September, what team, in your opinion, proved themselves the best this past weekend? 
I hate to say it because I'm a fan of this team, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, you you had a lot of question marks about, you know, how would they, you know, Tyreek Hill, how would they try to replace him? They can't possibly replace him with one player, obviously. So, you know, they go ahead and they get Sky Moore to go along with Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and and McCole Hardman. Uh, You know, they haven't gotten a pass rush really well from the edge for two years. They go and get... Uh, George Karloff is one of the more productive pressure makers in all of college football. Um, you know, they later in the draft, you know, they they get three cornerbacks late uh, to go with one cornerback and Trent McDuffie early, a position where they lost two players. Uh, it was a draft that they needed to be good in, uh, and I think they are good in, and that's why, you know, they're third favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. I, I think another one, and, you know, Vikings fans, uh, you know, uh, Lions fans and Bears fans, and you know, back when Sean played, Tampa Bay played in that division too. But, um, you know, Green Bay had a good draft. Uh, I know they took our guy Quay Walker. That was probably one of their worst picks, uh, but the best pick for the home team, um, but the worst pick. Uh, but it's they, you know, they end up, they end up with, with Christian Watson, uh, you know, Romeo Dubs, two wide receivers that I think are really going to help them. Um, you know, they, they just had a good draft, I thought, from top to bottom. And, you know, now they're solidified again as the favorite in that division. Yeah, it's interesting. They get a bad rap. And I'm talking about Green Bay's front office because of the Jordan Love pick. But outside of that, I mean, they've been pretty spot on. Their defense is just basically their first-round picks the last six years. Yeah, they've done a good job. Pretty I much. didn't love Kansas City's two first I thought position-wise they addressed needs, but I didn't like the players. Even at 30 for Karloffis? Yeah, I just – I think Carl Loftus reminds me of a really good college player. I'll be interested in your opinion, Eric. But he doesn't project as a really good NFL player. Kind of a stubby bill, shorter arms. I just think he's going to get swallowed up. But, you know, maybe they have a role for him that, you know, fits his strengths. Yeah, I think having Chris Jones next to him helps. I don't think he'll face – like, he faced a lot of double teams uh, at Purdue. He was the only one there who rushed the pass. He's still pretty productive. Um, I know he didn't run the three cone drill, but every other athletic test he had um, was, was good. He was, you know, uh, a very, you know, uh, positive percentile athlete for me. Um, you know, the production projected really well, even after adjusting for opponents and things like that. Uh, it, I do think people like worry about his bend, but you know, when you look at value. You know, Trent McDuffie, his draft prop was sixteen and a half. The Chiefs got him at one, at twenty one. Uh, Carl Loftus was twenty two and a half. Open at sixteen and a half. Close to 22 and a half and they get him at 30. So I think if, you know, and we're all betters, right? Like I think if you can, you know, if, if the market's laying 16 and a half and you get 21 and the market's laying 22 and a half, and you get 30. If you play that game over and over and over again, I think you win over time. And Karloftis was a, a wonderful. He had a big game against Sparty, unfortunately. But. Well, no, I'm just saying the yeah. draft day for George Karloftis to yeah. me was a spectacular day, but yeah. uh, I would, have, I would have appreciated McDuffie, you know, going a little higher. Now, you know a team that I thought did an excellent job, and it's, it's ironic to say this because they've endured so much criticism and ridicule. It's almost been like they've had a root, you know, put on their organization where their best player retires prematurely. And I'm talking about the Detroit Lions. Detroit. I thought they did a phenomenal job, and the thing I was most impressed with was the aggressive move to come back into the uh, top 15 to select Jamison Williams, who I thought was – the best wide receiver in this group. I know some people obviously don't like selecting guys in the first round that are injured, but I thought Detroit did an outstanding job. 
Yeah, I think Brad Holmes uh, and and uh, Dan Campbell are a really good pair. I think Brad Holmes brings a lot of that LA with you know LA with him, but I also think he's just you know he I think he's a good thinker. I thought that that team played it extremely hard, and anybody who bet last year knows that the Lions covered the number at a really good clip. That team plays hard, but then you look at now they have talent. I mean, you look at that offense. Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell, their tackles are first-round picks. Frank Ragnow, their centers are first-round pick. Uh, DeAndre Swift's a good running back. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's a top-ten pick. And then your three wide receivers are DJ Chark, Armand St. Brown, and Jamison Williams. Jared Goff, like, that's a pretty good supporting cast for Jared Goff. Uh, and on the defensive side of the ball, you get uh, Amani Aruwarie, who had six interceptions last year, to go with Jeff Akuda, top-five pick. Uh, and then Aiden Hutchinson, another top five pick. So, you know, they're not, you know, at 12 to one to win the NFC North. Like, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. Over six wins. Uh, I think you can get that at minus 110 some places. Uh, it's minus 130 at DraftKings right now. Like, that, that's a team that could be in the playoff race in a crappy NFC uh, a year <laughs> earlier than I think everybody believes. You know, a team that we talked about, uh, which we're talking with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, a couple, I want to say a couple months ago that we liked. You know, a lot of injuries last year. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on their draft. They get Kyle Hamilton at 14. Straight away, Hollywood Brown. They take Tyler Linderbaum, which upset me personally, but I get it. You know, he yes, gets in yeah. there. He gets in the first round. You take a flyer in David Ajabu, who's coming off the Achilles injury. Uh, some people really like Travis Jones. I know you weren't the biggest believer in Travis Jones, the D tackle out of out of UConn. And, uh, you know, I – Getting both the tight ends, I'm fascinated to see this offense. You get Kolar out of Iowa State, then likely out of Coastal Carolina. So I thought it was a really intriguing draft there for Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, they're they're very much doing what Belichick did in the early 2010s where he went Hernandez and Gronk when, the, when they couldn't keep wide receivers on the team, right? And trading Hollywood Brown for the 23rd pick was a very, you know, I think a very good value move. I don't think he's worth the 23rd pick. If you, you know, you think he's five picks worse than A.J. Brown. I think that's absurd. Um, so they get a good value there. I, I like the Travis Jones pick, you know, actually. I, I think when you have two safeties, and in fact, they have Chuck Clark, too, if you can play two safeties deep all the time and you have a fat guy that can take up three blockers, it makes your whole defense better because you can play the math on early downs by you know stopping the run with six or seven in the box. Um, it really helps you in coverage. And like last year, you know, whether it was the Marcus Peters injury or the the uh, Marlon Humphrey injury, Anthony Averick got hurt at the end there. Tavon Young's never been able to stay healthy for them. Um, they were so barren in the secondary. They go out and get Marcus Williams from New Orleans. They get t- Kyle Hamilton there. They get they get the two corners back. They were 0-6 after Marlon Humphrey got hurt. Yeah. Uh, he's such an integral piece to that defense. Uh, and now you look, you know, Jabo maybe gets healthy. Uh, they have him flying off the edge. That's going to be a good defense. And, and you need a good defense, I think, to support what the great things Lamar Jackson does on the other side. A lot of positivity going on right now. A lot it of positivity. Is. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna take that down a notch. The teams that Eric didn't like, and also maybe some Rookie of the Year flyers, as those odds are out. Eric Eager going to hang out for one more segment. It's the Nightcap here on Visa. Slow and steady wins stacks of cash. Join the Old Forester Turtle Derby Challenge and compete free for your share of $5,000. Enter the free-to-play pool and make your Turtle Derby predictions for a shot at your share of the cash. Head to DraftKings.com slash Old Forester. Get in on the action. Old Forester, 
never gets old. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. 51 to 38. The Phoenix Suns leading the Dallas Mavericks. 6.48 to go in the second quarter. Uh, the Luka Doncic play, which they should never show the replay of ever again because it just <laughs> makes you cringe. Hey, it happens. Oh, be nice. Uh, but it was a flagrant one on, uh, on Jay Crowder there for the kick to the fellas. Direct hit on, uh, on Luka Doncic. All right, let's bring back in our good friend Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Make sure to check out his most recent podcast, the PFF Forecast, George Shahuri, who, by the way, George was in town uh, – I mean, he must have lost my phone number, Eric, because I, I never received a text message from Mr. Shahuri, but yeah, it's cool. I mean, I know he's, he knows, like, really super West Coast people. He's probably hanging out with Sean. That's fine. Um, but uh, we were— Tim, I can, I can assure you that if I'm in Vegas, I will do the show. No, I, I don't even I, care about just, doing the show. It's just like a courtesy. Like, hey, man, I'm here. Would you like to grab a drink? Old buddy, petty, old pal. man. We got Eric on. I want to hear him talk. Yes. All right, let's— uh. All right, Eric, before we get into some Rookie of the Year odds, uh, the draft class or two that uh, you did not fancy all that well. Uh, looking at the aggregate scores, looks like uh, the Patriots had a 1.61 GPA for some, uh, and uh, the Rams had a 2.16. So uh, that was aggregated out. Uh, I saw that somewhere. Uh, I think it was Renee Bugner on Twitter giving out the GPAs. So what uh, what draft classes really uh, were stinkers, in your opinion? I think the Patriots won, you know, aside from, you know, making the under seven and a half offensive lineman a loser. Um, <laughs> they, you know, the whole strange, that pick was just, I mean, I don't care who you are, you're not a hundred. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Draft slots smarter than the market. Like, I mean, we're all betters here, right? We just know, like, if you're constantly, you know, laying, you know, 150 when you're at 30, then that's not good, right? So um, that that's one that I certainly didn't like. Um, I, it's hard. Like, I, it's, I struggled to watch another one. I know that, like, Buffalo didn't do well in a lot of metrics because of their trades and things like that. But I really did like the Khalil Shakir draft pick. Yeah. Um, James Cook, I think, will be helpful for them. I, that's somebody I like. They got I punt like god, too. 
Yeah, it, yeah. So um, it, it was a draft where I think teams did some smart things, and you know, but ultimately, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's the the teams that you know sort of should have gone quarterback, but but did not, and and uh, you know, teams like Minnesota, you know, uh, maybe a team like Carolina who got a quarterback late. Um, you the know, teams one. like that that maybe forewent the opportunity to draft the next Sean <laughs> Sean King. Sean Sean is so fired up. They're I, sit, Carolina's sitting there, and obviously someone in the organization is a praying man because God answered their prayers. They did the right thing at six, and they had Sam Howell sitting there to save their franchise. And they save their franchise. Correct. Man, you, I need to find someone I like as much as Sean. Like uh, Sam Howell. Real quickly, uh, my fi- one final question for you on just teams before we get into offensive and rookie um, of the year. The Saints. So they were very aggressive. They trade into the they, – they get an additional first-round pick, right? They trade away next year's first and a second to the Eagles. So they were sitting there at 16 and 19. They trade up five spots to get Chris Olave from Ohio State with Washington, which I actually thought – you look at the draft chart thought they got a little bit of a bargain just giving a late third a compensation pick and a fourth uh and then they get trevor penning who they had been you know basically pinpointed to throughout the whole draft process so they end up with a total of just five selections uh two in the first uh what did you make of this saints really aggressive nfl draft uh getting two first round picks uh but uh you know, I, I don't know. Was it a reach on Olave? Was it a reach on Penning? Uh, your thoughts on New Orleans? Yeah, Olave 16 and a half was his prop. I think a lot of people mocked him to New Orleans. That was, you know, sort of no mistake. It was also 16 and a half, I believe, for Penning as well. Um, so, you know, the, the thing is, is anytime you're overly aggressive in the draft, I think anytime you're sort of, you know, too confident in your selection and you pay up for it, you're, you're going to get hurt sometimes. And I think like New Orleans, you know, it, it might be in the position they are from a cap situation and from a roster building situation in large part because they have that overconfidence um, borne out by, you know, their 2016 draft, their 2017 draft, which were a collection of hits. So, I mean, the players are like, I think Penning, he had 16 penalties last year at UNI, um, which is a FCS school. So that's troubling. But ultimately, you know, he's you know, the third best prospect, according to a lot of people. Olave is going to be a good receiver. He does things that Michael Thomas can't. So I, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. You look at their win total of eight. Um, you know, I still think that that's in play. If you if you don't believe uh, that the coach Sean Payton's a huge loss. Yeah, it was interesting. I like Olave, and I think I don't think there's any way he'll be a bust. I just think he's always going to be compared to who was drafted right after him. And I just think mm-hmm. Jamison Williams is special, but. When you think he's a third option in the passing game behind Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. So it makes sense. I'm with you on pinning. I don't think he's a day one starter on a team that has playoff aspirations. So they still have to tweak that offensive line a a little bit. But but overall, with a limited amount of picks, I'm not upset with their draft. I don't love it, but I'm not upset. I mean, anytime you take a defensive player from Air Force, I kind (laughs) of got a question, you know, what's going on. <laughs> when there are players from Tulane on the board, like that, it's absolutely true. I'm just saying, Air Force, they run the option. I don't know. Like the, they don't. The, the, does the defense run the option? No, they don't. But they yeah. play against the option every day. So it's a lot not of wearing, every day. A lot of wear and tear yeah, on those they're bodies. In the Mountain West, they're playing against you know Carson Strong and uh, all those dudes. All right, uh, let's get to the uh, the rookie of the year, Mark. We'll start in the offense, and this is such a fascinating year. 
uh, because normally you've got quarterbacks kind of weighing down the market. Uh, now it's just kind of a shrug of the shoulders and, uh, you know, who's got the best fit. So uh, Drake London right now at DraftKings is the favorite, plus 550. Pickett at 6-1. to one. Trey Burke, 7-1. to one. Brees Hall, 7-1. to one. Garrett Wilson, plus 850. Kenneth Walker in Seattle, 9-1. to one. Uh, So anything jumping out at you that you are already looking to get to the window on? I'm glad you put him down. I mean, I took it at 18 to one when I were on the forecast, but I'll still take it at 15 to one. What the heck? Uh, James Cook uh, of the Bills. So, you know, the Bills are a really smart franchise. For a long time, they took running backs that broke a lot of tackles because that's a pretty repeatable skill. But now they're one of those teams that has what are called perfectly blocked runs on a lot of plays. And so they need a guy who can capitalize on those with big plays. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss are not that running back. James Cook averaged nine and a half yards of carry in college when the play was perfectly blocked. That That's a player that I think can have an outsized effect. The the other one, this is a homer pick, um, Sky Moore at 10 to 1. Um, he's the most complete receiver on the Chiefs. And that Chiefs offense is still going to be good. They're also going to be in a lot of close games. So there's not going to be as many. Like, they have the hardest schedule in the NFL. It means they're going to throw a lot. Um, so he's going to get targets, targets, targets. And uh, I think he's the most polished of all those receivers. Uh, that are showing up there. Um, you know, you can you couldn't pay me, you couldn't free roll me to bet, bet Drake London on this market. That Falcons team is going to be dreadful, uh, and London, uh, you know, is going to be catching passes from Desmond Ritter. So, um, you know, I'm out on on some of the players who are playing for weaker teams. What about your guy, uh, Rashad White, going to Tampa Bay, Sean? Like that, at um, fifty to one. I just worry about the pass protection part of it, especially early. They're probably going to be hesitant to put someone back there inexperienced in pass pro with Brady. And Fournette's kind of his, you know, that's his safety zone, you know. But we'll see. I think there's some guys on there. It's kind of just going to depend. You know, Christian Watson, you know, historically Aaron Rodgers hadn't really done well with young receivers. But, you know, I think he's a phenomenal talent. I love Traylon Burks. I just don't love the number. I just think well, once, once Tennessee, AJ, won't, Tennessee won't have a choice. Well, once A.J. Brown was traded, you knew right. his value. So he's gonna, starting, and it's just him yeah. and Robert Woods there. So, I mean, we'll see. Hey, real quickly, Eric, uh, looking at Defensive Rookie of the Year, we got about 45 seconds. Aiden Hutchinson, the favorite. Kayvon Thibodeau, plus 450. Not sh- just a little bit behind. Trayvon Walker, plus 550. Our guy, Quay Walker, 8-1. to one. Uh, What do you uh, – anything you like Defensive Rookie of the Year-wise? Uh, I think you have to go corner. The one that I like is Kahir Elam. You're getting him, you know, near 20 to one. It depends upon the market. Uh, that's a Bills team that doesn't have uh, as big of a schedule as the Chiefs, um, which means they're going to get some interceptions, and, and uh, he might be the recipient uh, of those plays. All right, there he is, Eric Great Eager. Stuff, we Eric. always love hearing from Eric. Great stuff as always, man. We appreciate it, and uh, have yourself a quality day. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, take care. This has always been fun. Follow him on Twitter, at PFF underscore oh, Eric. Like Phoenix, the lead had dwindled. Now it's uh, back up to nine. Man, this is Sean's type of show. Guess what we're doing next? Hockey Talk, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today.